a bird on my head and have that be like put a bird on it <laughs> yes exactly it's gonna be awesome welcome to the black and brown founders podcast i'm del del medina and i am ania williams and welcome to our podcast um, so a little bit about ourselves. I am the director of data and strategy at Black and Brown Founders. Uh, I have failed a lot. Um, I'm also a big nerd and love all things tech. Um, and I'm also really clear as to the how we are looking at the future at Black and Brown Founders and trying to make opportunities and create new spaces and places for us as we're undergoing this demographic shift. Wow, what an intro. My fearless <laughs> co-host. Um, this is Ania Williams, and I started Black and Brown Founders in 2017, and it was because I, as a founder, um, building a company called Tinsel, had gotten you know a lot of rejection, had a long, hard journey trying to raise much-needed funds and get the resources that I needed to build my company, yeah. and realized that my uh, Black and Brown brethren and sistren uh, we're also having these issues and that it wasn't just me, it wasn't just isolation. What we know is that Black and Latinx founders are getting less than 1% of venture capital. We also know that we are the fast and gro fastest growing group of entrepreneurs. And we really believe that as we look forward to the drastic demographic changes that are happening in this country, um, that you know, economic security is a really key piece in ensuring the prosperity of this country as a whole. And so it's a moral and an economic imperative that we make sure that we can level the playing field and that we can provide opportunities for Black and Latinx founders to start and build successful companies as well. It's exciting to have been with a great group of folks uh, only recently at Hustle House, and this this podcast is going to be talking a little bit about that, and we're going to be hearing those voices. But before that, let's talk a little bit about what is Black and Brown Founders and what makes us different. I like to tell people that we are teaching Black and Brown people alchemy, um, wherein we are trying to allow people to to turn their most valuable skill sets into gold, into cash money, into profitable mm -hmm. businesses. Everything that we do is from the lens of how do you do this with modest resources? What does it look like to build a tech company from scratch when we know that most traditional funding routes are not available to us? And we know that cash doesn't really like, you know, not, not a lot of people in our communities can yeah. make it rain. Mm -hmm. So how do you do this when you're broke? When we're thinking of creating our own businesses and actually investing in ourselves, it means that we have to have both a mind shift, a cultural shift, and an economic shift within our families and communities in a way that other folks don't have to think about these things. So with that said, you can find us at BB Founders on Twitter and Instagram. And also remember, we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So please support our work by donating at Black and Brown Founders. Yeah, that let's was, talk about Hustle House. That was so much fun. Yeah, um, Black and Brown Founders has four pillars. Mm -hmm. One of them is community, one of them is education, one of them is access, and one of them is data and reporting. Yeah. Um, and while we won't bore you with all of the details of all of these things in this episode, you'll get to learn more about this as we um, navigate all of these different topics in the future. 
but the first one, community, is kind of where we started. Uh, Black and Brown Founders started with an event. It was actually during my time uh, as an entrepreneur in residence with Code 2040, which is another wonderful nonprofit that helps Black and Latinx folks get into technology. And Dell Dell at the time was running that residency program, and that was how we came to know each other. Yeah. But yeah, like it was the culmination of the residency that I was doing um, that year, and I felt like this was something I needed to do. And at the time, I, I really thought it, that it was just going to be a one-off event, but it ended up being so much more than that. Uh, and so since then, we have done four events yeah. total, um, and all of them have been geared towards bringing this community together and teaching them very actionable pieces of information that you could go and you can do today and you don't need a lot to get it started. How do we help people bridge that gap between idea and revenue generation and then helping them optimize what revenue they're making to be building profitable businesses, right? Yeah. Cool. So enter Hustle House. Yeah. yeah. Now, it was interesting to me to have been at the 2017 um, South by Southwest I think it was by then my fourth South by to had been at. Um, and it was really clear to me that having been at South by in the past had given me social capital and attention in a way that if I hadn't been there, I don't know if it had been. Mm. To be seen walking uh, at South by to engage people both you know, nationally, but also from the Silicon Valley, it gave me kind of like a stamp of approval. Mm -hmm. And that I saw that this was true for a lot of other people, right? And that, that people were gathering, um, people were going, people were interacting. Uh, they were also questioning and pushing back on how South by itself organizes its panels, uh, pushing back on uh, not seeing themselves reflected um, and that any time that I was interacting with somebody at South Pie, there was both that question was happening and also really a lot of excitement to be in that space. Yeah. And, um, and so I just had this question of what would 2018 look like? Uh, who was organizing things? Who was co coalescing people? And I realized that there was an opportunity to do that. And so I started very simply, I called you and I called... I think like five other women of color and just said, hey, are you going to be going to South by? And if so, would you want to do something there? And I would say the majority of people said yes and yes. And it surprised me. And then one thing led to another, led to another. And we ended up with a coalition of 21 startups, VC firms, educational institutions, uh, uh, nonprofit organizations, ecosystem partners mm -hmm. from across the U.S. and in Austin. And it just in a quick in a quick amount of time, like when I think about it, like we got this, we created this event in less than ninety days. Yeah, we kind of have done that a few times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and but it's like, it was... oh, that's impressive. But it's also just like, what the hell were we thinking? Yeah, I know, but but we also didn't expect it. But, but we did also didn't expect it to become what it became, right? This like, is true. We Every were thinking... time it kind of gets a little bit bigger, and we're just yeah. like, oh, this is like something people really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, people want this even more than we realize people want this. I mean, we were thinking of just having <clears throat> a pub crawl to begin with. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. We were thinking mm -hmm. of having a brunch. We were thinking of doing something very, very simple. And next thing we know, like we have a stage, we have a venue, uh, we have partners, we have all sorts of things that are happening and it just kind of blew up. 
uh, because there was such a need. Like I knew that there was going to be a need. I didn't realize the extent of it. And I was really happy and very pleased to have all these people show up, engage and and say, okay, what are you going to do for next year? Like we're already starting to get those questions. Yeah. So Hustle House was really a partnership between uh, Houston Tillotson that was our hosting, you know, place, but also really a great partner because I was really clear from the get go. Austin as a city and as a community is undergoing a lot of quick changes because of the innovation economy. It's a city that, let's be honest, of any demographic study is losing out on black folks, is losing out on um, Latinx folks because prices are going up, mm-hmm. uh, because people are not engaging in the innovation economy, they are not earning those wages at that level. So if you don't have an on-ramp in, you are not going to be able to stay in Austin. Um, and then we had two other pivotal people who really f- helped us finance this thing. Was One is Ramona Ortega, uh, you know, CEO and founder of My Money, My Future, who is the entrepreneur and resident at Aslo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Arlen Hamilton, who is, you know, the principal at Backstage Capital. The two of them were like, what do you need? to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And then other people came along because we were able to get that money to make this happen. So it was a one day event full of programming with uh, Janine doing a concert on the lawn afterwards with the DJ, yeah, uh, with lots of great delicious food, uh, with lots of amazing people coming in and out. Um, and we took advantage of the fact that we were going to have all these people get together and we hired Alejandra Martinez who's our producer for this podcast. Thanks Alejandra. So Alejandra Martinez, producer for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she interviewed some folks there but we also got all the audio from all the panels and so you will be hearing all of the goodiness that so if you weren't able to attend Hustle House you're gonna be able to listen to it. Yes and uh, as you kind of delicately mentioned Speaking of Aslo, this podcast is brought to you by Aslo. We want to send them a big thank you for sponsoring Hustle House during South by Southwest, which, by the way, Aslo is a zero-fee, small banking business platform that helps entrepreneurs like us start, grow, and succeed on their own terms because financial freedom is deciding your own future. Thank you, Aslo. You can go and sign up for an account with Aslo today at aslo.com. What does hustle mean to us? Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. What does hustle mean to you? Um, so we captured all of this marvelous footage uh, from Hustle House, uh, including audio from the stage of the, what, 42 speakers that we had that day. We had a lot of talent on that stage. I don't know how we managed to cram all of that into one day and a concert at the end. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then we also had interviews that we conducted with people one-on-one. And so over the next few episodes, we're really delighted to be able to bring you guys some of our favorite clips from what happened at Hustle House. And we thought that today and introducing our new podcast would be really great to just start with that thing. Like we always talk about the hustle. Yeah. Del, what does hustle mean to you? Oh my gosh. I think it's an intrinsic cultural value that we have as uh, black and or Latinx folks to want to do better, right? And so when I think of like that derogatory kind of way in which it's talked about often, 
Um, I think it's a way of not acknowledging our cultural or economic impact, mm. you know? Okay. And so that's why when you, you're the one that suggested that we call it Hustle House. Like, I was struggling with the name. I was yeah. like, I don't know what we're going to call this, but it better be good. And you said, what about Hustle House? And I was like, oh, that makes sense because... I just thought it was catchy, by the way. It is catchy. <laughs> it is catchy. It is completely catchy. And I think it also was about all the folks that were both there on and off that stage, every single person that came by, like they are trying to do better for themselves and for others in a way that you can't you can't take on this sort of work and not have that built in into your DNA, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like I, I, I I often think about like all those studies of people who like grow up in the same household, have a lot of the same sort of either dysfunction or non-dysfunction or whatever you call it, like same sort of family dynamic, yeah. right? And three different people will have three different outcomes because you either have it built into you to want to do better and and you know and want to engage in that way or you don't like mm. and you either have this drive to like go and build something or you don't have the drive to go and build something yeah and i think like that's what's lovely about creating these community spaces to me what's wonderful is like i get to meet and engage with other people who are nerdy mm. who are interested in the world who are tr- interested in the world but also want to change it who are trying to create solutions for it uh who don't don't give up easily regardless of the risks, regardless of how difficult this work is. Like the reality is at the end of the day, creating something from scratch that has never existed before is really, really hard. Word. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. I feel like with that, we should just get into it. Okay. Let's listen to what people said about what hustle means to them. Hustle to me means everyday grind right every day i am asking the questions i am seeking the knowledge i am you know trying to figure out ways to grow you know in my business but also as a person um making as many connections as possible you know networking with people and just growing you know that base because Social media is a people's business, you know, and if you're not if you're not able to communicate with people, then it just doesn't work. And so, yeah, hustle for me just means, you know, every day doing something that is going to make me better than yesterday. They told me get it from the muscle. But when I walked outside on the block, all I ever saw was the old heads that were hustling. I started to realize I had to find a different way. I had to realize that sometimes the play has to turn into work and sometimes you gotta go through some things that will hurt you in order to be built up into something people will admire. I found that as a young black man, sometimes it's easier to be tired than inspired. And I started to look for an example so that I could have ample opportunity to push forward in this thing we call life. Trying to figure out what's wrong from right, trying to search for a light in my community. And then I found out that I had to be one. I found out that maybe if I stood tall and smiled, people would look at me like a son. Like I could bring some light into their life. Like I could show them that there is something other than a plight for greatness that you can go to and help them understand the lessons of the things that they go through so they can go to a higher place. And that's the space that I occupy. 
Oh my gosh, hustle 24-7 nonstop. I rarely sleep. I mean, hustling is everything. I mean, as a person of color, I think we all have that innate ability to hustle. It's like ingrained in us. And I just really value that just when I talk to folks that look like me and just hearing their stories and seeing what do they do to make money? What do they do to kind of just feed their families? And what do they want to experience in their day-to-day life or what are they trying to accomplish in the long term? So if I had to answer what hustling was to me, it would really just mean day in and day out, work ethic that doesn't stop. When I saw the... Um sign out front when I drove on campus this morning and I saw the sign out front it filled my heart because um, it's like the hustle and flow where you are hustling to get what you want and you don't stop and I take the word try out of my students vocabulary because there's no such thing as try either you're doing it or you're not and hustling is when you're doing it not to hustle is when you're not doing it. And nothing comes to you of worth that you didn't have to work hard for. And working hard should be a, just a natural inclination to get what you want. And by definition, that's hustling. Hustle, hmm. I guess it goes back to what I said earlier, this idea that there's endless possibilities. And so hustle means continue to look for the opportunity, for the door that is open. Um, There will be doors that close and there will be difficulties, but there's always a way or another way or a different way. And the hustle is that is you're not going to quit. You're going to continue to find a way. Hustle is a real dynamic word to me. It's one of the things where I believe it's, you know, you might be sitting in an office, but you're a hustler because you recognize that you're motivated to do more than what is your task. Um, And hopefully you're trying to do it in a smart way. Uh, So a hustler to me is someone that is trying to do more with the, it's just basically like a capital efficient person using the time and the resources they have to do more than what is expected of them. So I think the hustle house is is a unique effort by um, Anya and the rest of the black and brown founder community to really galvanize what is already happening in our communities. We're all essentially hustlers. We have lower capital and resources than most other communities, but we're doing, we're overperforming, we're over-indexing in what we're achieving. Um, so I think Hustle House is, it brings that to the forefront. That's a good question. Hustle means figuring it out. Just, you know, um, it means self-reliance, but also like self-reliance that isn't to your detriment you know it's like self-reliance with like an asterisk on it like please like ask for help you know you you need to ask for help but at the same time you can't depend on somebody else's answers you can't depend on somebody else's even like if you ask somebody else like what was your path to get here well that's a unique individual path for that one person like I can't I can't go the same way that someone like Chance the Rapper went you know I can't you know, I can't meet the same people that Jay-Z's met. You know, I have to kind of figure out my own thing, you know, my own steps. And so hustle for me is, is honestly, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really just putting one foot in front of the other. No matter if you think it's right, if you don't know if it's right, if it, if it feels right in your gut, you put one foot in front of the other um, and you just, you make it happen. There's a quote by someone you may have heard of called (laughs) Jay-Z and he says I rather die enormous than live dormant and that's hustle for me like doing the things that make you smile make you feel good about in the morning and just going hard and um, I think that that sums it up hustle is 
a term that I've been hearing since I could, could walk. I come from Texas, and I've always played football. And like, hustle up, you know, get after it, get after the ball. So it's like this inner passion, inner drive to do the best you can, right? You might not be the strongest or the fastest, but this grit, this energy, this force within you that drives you to be better and do more is your hustle. You know, it's your scrappiness, right? Um, and that's oftentimes what we respect in people. That's what makes us cry in movies when we see uh, a lady with no leg and she's hopping, you know, to the podium to give a speech for other disabled people. It's that hustle. It's that, you know what? I don't have a traditional line to five. I, I sell in cars at auction. And I am thinking about ways of using what's around me in, in an amazing way. So I think even throughout the, the animal kingdom, right? You, this idea that being a lion, you have to wake up every morning knowing that you have to run faster than, than the, the slowest gazelle. Or if you're a gazelle, you wake up every morning knowing that you have to run faster than the slowest lion. This is what keeps us going. This is what keeps us on our game. This is what keeps us great. Ah, oh, gosh. Hustle. What does it mean to me? Um, it's knowing undeniably from some place that perhaps you can't even see, but you definitely feel um, that you are meant for more. Uh, for those of us who are lucky, it's not only that you're meant for more, but you're meant for something very, very specific, and you are running towards that thing. And the run in terms of hustle, it doesn't have to be that you're killing yourself dead, you know, with no sleep, no fruits and veggies, no water. But it does mean that undeniably you have a purpose. You wake up in the morning, you're clear on that, and you're going after it with action after action, problem-solving move after problem-solving move. Keep doing what you need to do to get to where you're going. So that's what hustling is to me, whether that's Ubering, whether that's washing cars, whether, you know, it's a lot of homeless people on the street that, you know, fold up pieces of plants and sell it, make it into flowers, sell it for 50 cents, sell it for 25 cents. That's a hustle. Um, you know, if you can make a website, uh, that's a hustle. You know, whatever you need to do to get to where you're going, keep doing that. Hustle means, you know, getting up every morning and doing whatever it is you got to do to get the work done. I think some of us have to work twice as hard, jump through higher hoops and hurdles. Um, and it's like, you know what? It sucks. It is what it is. But this work still needs to get done. So I'm willing, you know, to do double the work. And, you know, it's going to take me maybe twice as long to launch because, people who look at me don't see a pattern of success, right? So the people we're asking for money are old white men. Um, and, you know, they're looking for people who they can relate to. And, you know, when you're a Latina immigrant with a name they can't even pronounce, you know, with big hair, with just va vastly different life experiences, um, sometimes that creates a hurdle for people to like, well, they're like, well, yeah, she's smart, and yeah, she can probably do this, but, you know, they're looking for pattern recognition, and because they haven't invested in these, you know, in entrepreneurs like me in the past, they don't believe that we can do it, but we can. So this was a collage of voices of some of the folks that 
we were so happy to have there all of the experts uh, for who's who you will see in the show notes. Uh, so take a look at their names and their handles that are in the show notes. But let's talk a little bit about what they said, because mm. it was interesting. There are a diversity of voices and diversity of folks uh, who have different businesses, all in the tech and tech enabled space, all talking about what hustle means to them. All black and Latinx yeah. people as well. Okay, so hearing Andre come in with the spoken word, with the poetry, is just mm-hmm. so warm and like wonderful. Um, but the thing that I, I, I feel like I clung to of, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in there, but the easier to be tired than inspired. Yeah. That left me with something. Because yeah, I think yeah. that like that and even some references that other folks had during that, I feel like it just makes me think so much about these stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. Of black and brown people being like lazy and shiftless, yeah. right? Where in fact, so much of our existence depends on us being people that know how to hustle, yeah. right? Which I think someone else actually even even kind of put that out there that, you know, we have an innate ability to hustle. Yeah, I know that I I love the capital efficient person because we have to be capital efficient. Like we earn less, we have less, we have access to less um, opportunities, finance, financials. All of these things are true. So as a result of it, we have to be be really good at being capital efficient. You know, you really have to make that dollar really stretch out. And that when you're talking about a an industry that has made millionaires and billionaires in the last 10 years uh, at a rate that hasn't been seen in a really long time. And we're also really tech savvy cultural makers. Of course, we are. We should be at the vanguard of making um, new. Te- yeah, the vanguard of making new tech products that make sense for us. Right. And I think like that, that part is uh, I think one of the speakers like, talked about like how it's difficult to get buy in from the powers that be. I also think that we're at a place where that shift is happening where we don't need that. But having said that, you know when you're a kid and you hear something and it doesn't make sense and it confuses you? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that thing about being lazy. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember the first time I ever heard the the idea of the lazy Mexican with the sombrero. Mm. I was like, what are they talking about? Or welfare queens. <laughs> or the welfare queen thing. I was like, mm. what? what is this? Like, I, it, it literally made no sense to me yeah. at all because I was like, I, I'm not Mexican. My family's from Colombia, but I know enough Mexican people to know that that is not true. Yeah. So why is that the image that's out there in, you know, at the time that was like in the media? I, it was just like really surprising slash confusing for me. Yeah. And so it's just always amazing to me that that's the stereotype, and yet everybody that I know works really hard, whether you're working at a minimum wage job or under the table job or you're a CEO, like everybody's just working really hard because that is what we know how to do, right? We are working so hard. You know, it's so it's so interesting too. Like I've, I've mentioned this before, but you know, I think about this in relation to what it was, my experience going down Sand Hill Road, talking mm-hmm. to investors, most of which who did not look like me or had not had my shared experience. And while, you know, it's not like I'm looking for, you know, somebody to, I don't know, give me, give me, give me pity in any way. But one of the things that I always think I have been a bit frustrated by is the fact that to even be able to navigate in, in these spaces and places, you have to be 
so x times like x amount of times better than the average person right like the only way that any of us like everyone who was even in the room at hustle house right everyone who's in the room at the events that we have thrown everyone that is like in the spaces that we have been it's like in order to even have gotten to that point all of the the nuance and what you must have had to come through or experience or be committed to in the hustle to just exist in these spaces like someone who i'm sitting at the table with and pitching my business i wish that they would at least understand that right like the fact that i'm sitting in front of you i am well groomed i clearly know what i'm talking about it should imply that i've i've probably come like a little bit like four to ten times like of a a harder route than maybe the other ten people that are going to be pitching you today you know and the other part of that too is just really thinking of it from the lens of like (laughs) you know when black or latinx people can be mediocre as f Mm -hmm. and like be ceos of companies yeah we have made it. Yeah. That's when that's when we have we have achieved success. Yeah. Is when like average ass people who aren't that special yeah. and are minorities like get to have power. Yeah. We will have made it. Yeah, but also I don't know if mediocrity has ever been part of the language that I grew up with. Excellence was always expected. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter what you did, whether you were washing dishes or working in a factory or whatever you were expected to be excellent in my household. Like the idea that somehow you could coast by on something, you know, was just never a part of the conversation, Mm -hmm. which is like, you're not just gonna learn English, you're gonna learn another language. You're gonna, you're not just going to, you know, be able to, you know, do math. You're gonna do math at a high level. Mm -hmm. There was never an expectation And much of this is unspoken. It was not like my parents were like, this is the plan. But it was always like, hey, we expect this level and that they themselves model that. So like when you're saying like it would, the day that we can be mediocre, there's a part of me where I'm like, I don't know if I can be mediocre because I was not trained to be mediocre. I'm not saying that I haven't been mediocre in work that I've done. I'm not saying that I'm an expert and perfect at everything that I do. But I would say like that expectation of, good enough is good enough. Like, that's just not a part of my psychological, sociological vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I wouldn't even know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting. I, I also, uh, I feel like that ties into someone else who kind of said something about, like, continuing to find a way yeah. is what hustle means to them. Um, and to me, tying that in with the other person that kind of said uh, something about putting putting one foot in front of the other, yeah. that resonates with me too because like regardless of what others people that are outside of our cultures looking in might perceive or expect from us there is the actual like nut that you're trying to crack that is having built this this thing this business this Mm -hmm. solution and having done so successfully or at least in a way where you've got a repeatable way to grow it you've got a Mm -hmm. repeatable way to kind of maintain where it is at the very least, right? That you're not going backwards, you're going forwards, right? You're yeah. constantly fighting a pill. But like that that journey, it's not like you just, you know, you launch the product for the very first time and boom, you have arrived. Like there's yeah. still so much more work that has to come after that just as there yeah. was so much work that came before that. So what I'm saying is I think that there's this this thing that that often feels like 
you're hustling towards something and sometimes it feels like it could be so big or so complex that you don't even know Mm. where to start and like sometimes the hustle doesn't always mean like going so fast but it means like just being able to be intentional and steady and consistent yeah well on that note Mm -hmm. let's transition into our next segment before we go one little quick moment uh before we close out here we're going to do this segment on our podcast called Bubble Hopping, inspired by a wonderful podcast episode we heard on NPR's Invisibilia. So as an homage to something that we think is very important, we're all increasingly like in these bubbles. We're going to spend a moment to kind of talk about bubble hopping. And this week, we're bubble hopping. We're going to go over to Britain real quick. Yep. As of the time of us recording this, um, the royal wedding just happened this yeah. weekend. That's Let's right. get into it. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, I think it yes. is. Yes. Wow. It's talk about a bubble to hop because I definitely have nothing to do with the royals. Um, <laughs> yes, diamonds. Yeah. And white. Givenchy. And all Givenchy. Of, oh my gosh, Stella McCartney. Yeah. I was just I was loving the fashion. Obviously, okay. those dope hats. That oh yeah, I love like, a good the hat. hats. Were oh, on. I love a hat. Point. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need some fascinators just in my yeah. wardrobe. I don't know where I would actually be wearing them, but I'm like, can we just like normalize this as a thing that people do? It's like yeah. you go down the street, you wear baseball caps. Like, why can't I just wear like yeah, wear a, nice hat. a bird on my head and have <laughs> that be like... Put a bird on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay. So first of all, I mean, I guess there's a lot to be said about the... Um, the nods that were given uh, during this wedding ceremony to, should I say, like, black culture? Oh, my God, don't hurt yourself. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, talk about bubble hopping. Yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure that Britain has never seen a royal wedding like that before. Definitely not. You know, like, they were really, really savvy about the way that they put it together. Um, and that there was obviously both a personal kind of interaction and actual marriage between two people who was very obvious loved each other. I know, it was so cute. It was adorable. And at the same time, it was also a performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was also a statement and a communication piece. It was like so many things. I was eating it up though. I just feel like every picture, like little like gif I would like Mm -hmm. see when I was kind of like scrolling through Twitter. Yeah. Which is kind of how I watched it basically on Mm -hmm. social media. And then just like him having these just like googly eyes for his wife to be and I'm just like I'm so here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I know. And the way that they intermixed their cultures and expectations around it I thought was really smart. Once again, I'm going back to they were making a statement. Mm -hmm. You know, that that pastor that was brought from the Lutheran church in the United States there, like his his speech in particular, the singers, that gospel choir, you know what I mean? The fact that little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine at the end. Like everything was very specifically chosen. Um, and thought about of how they were going to intermix their cultures and but it was also a very clear communication statement in a world where like trolls online trolls have come for the duchess Mm. uh in us in a hard hard way uh of like 
we're not scared of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, you know, the new duchess. And I'm also a biracial black woman. And you all are going to recognize that whether you like it or not. I was actually really shocked that there were so many touches that, you know, were references to her heritage in that way. Like, yeah. I just, it's not something I would have expected at all. Um, for an occasion like this, but I was definitely like, oh, hell yes, I loved it. I loved it, I loved it. And, um, I mean, can I say, like, Mm -hmm. we have, like, there's a black princess. I know. In Britain, is that, like, allowed to be said? I think so. I think everybody's (laughs) been saying, no, I think, I think you could say it. I mean. they won't change their minds. No, they're not going to change their (laughs) minds. You know what? Harry's not changing his mind. Yeah. It's very obvious that he's the one that is like, no, this is who I've chosen, Because it's not as if she's marrying, I don't know, the guy down the street or another celebrity or like this is a very, this is a family business Mm. that's been around for centuries that she's marrying into. And as a result of that, like that has serious implications for the way that she's going to live her life with or without him for Mm. the rest of her life. She is like, she's going to have a title. She's going to have expectations afforded of her like there you don't go into something like this lightly you know what I mean this is true this is true so speaking of bubble hopping like that was I mean I I don't wear outfits like that I don't go to parties like that (laughs) I feel like the closest thing I have to that is is derby day like that's my jam yeah which maybe we should next time we're gonna bubble hop maybe for the the last Mm -hmm. of the triple crown races yeah uh, and we'll see if Justin we'll Five brings it home. Yeah. Exactly. That's my opportunity to wear my yeah, fascinator, yeah. some ridiculous dress yeah. or something. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. some seersucker. Um, oh, I love seersucker too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, okay, well, that's bubble hopping. I yeah. think we should wear tiaras for the rest of the week. <laughs> Oh yeah, let me let me dig In one up for my of... great grandmother. Not, <laughs> <laughs> or just let's get some fascinators on Amazon and oh, just like yeah. be just be ridiculous. Birds on our heads. Oh yeah, rest of the week <laughs> done. <laughs> okay, so that was our episode. Yes, we survived. Our first, our first episode. Episode one. Yeah. All right, we're gonna give one more shout out for our wonderful sponsor. Aslo, thank you so much for making this happen. And y'all, go check it out. If you want a no-fee bank account for your business, get on it. The cards are dope. The design is dope. Just get in there. Um, They're working on all these really cool integrations with all these other products. It is made for modern tech entrepreneurs. Get on Aslo today. Aslo.com. Thank you so much to them and to their team. It's been lovely to work with them. We are your hosts. Ania Williams, Ania Williams, not Anaya, not Anya, Ania Williams, and... Del Del Medina, not Del Delp, not Da Delp, not Da Da, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find us on Twitter. I am at Opera Queenie with the I-E at the end. And I'm at Del Del, D-E-L-D-E-L-P. The, the P, P is, is silent. silent. <laughs> but on Twitter, you have to write down the P at Del Del. <laughs> and uh, our Black and Brown Founders Twitter handle also, BB Founders. Look us up. And we are also on the interwebs at blackandbrownfounders.com. And make sure that you are following us 
you need to leave us a rating on the store so people know how cool we are. And it doesn't hurt if you also go over to that website and click that little donate button, hook some sisters (laughs) And thank you so much to Alejandra Martinez, our wonderful producer and editor of this podcast, and the theme song by the lovely Miss Madison McFerrin. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye.